Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Dr. Gina Prime Time. Great to be with you. It was one wild weekend of news out there, don't you think? We want to get right down to it. The headline from our partners at justthenews.com says this. Rudy Giuliani says he's recovering quickly after being diagnosed with COVID-19. We are glad to hear that. that. And this is the worst time imaginable for anyone on Trump's legal team to be struck with COVID. And coming up, I'm going to talk to one of the other members of the legal team. I'm going to ask them whether this will set back any of their efforts to stop the steal. And speaking of stop the steal, President Trump held a rally in Georgia over the weekend. I was there along with Amanda Head, Ben Burkwam, and Heather Mullins. And I want to mention our entire great production team that was there with us as well. President Trump was there to campaign for the two GOP senators facing a runoff election on January 5th. And one of the most notable parts of the rally was when Senators Leffler and Perdue came to the stage and the crowd let them know that they wanted them to fight for Trump. And that's exactly what they chanted. Watch. Was to make sure that you vote. We are going to vote. Because if we don't vote, we will lose the country. If we vote, we will win. Hey guys, I want to take liberty just one second. I want to say something personal to President Trump. Hey guys, I want to say something for President Trump personally. Guys, I want to say something personal for President Trump. God bless you, we love you, Mr. President. We love the First Lady. And we're going to fight and win those two seats and make sure you get a fair, square deal in the state of Georgia. God bless you, Mr. President. Purdue and Leffler need every vote at that, every voter at that rally, actually, to show up on Election Day for them. And that might not happen if those senators look squishy on stopping the seal of the presidential election. Coming up, we'll talk to John Fredericks, who's traveling around the state of Georgia. We'll talk to him about whether they might have a tough time turning out the voters in the runoff election. And I have my own take on what I heard from talking to those voters as well. Now, moments ago, a brand new poll was released from Just the News and Scott Rasmussen, and that poll found that 40% of registered voters don't think the mainstream media has made a serious effort to explore voter fraud in the presidential election. 43% of respondents said such media organizations have determined that voter fraud is not worth investigating. And now it's time to go around the world to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. Let's head to D.C. and check in with Carrie Sheffield, where earlier she spoke to Congressman Mo Brooks about his plans to challenge the certification of the Electoral College. Carrie. Hey there, Dr. Gina. Yes, I want to give you the latest on Congressman Mo Brooks. He's from Alabama. He has said that he plans January 6th to challenge the Electoral College certification. He says that the Congress is, has the ultimate authority, not the Electoral College, to certify the election. He needs to get someone in the Senate to join him. Um, he has said that the Senate, uh, he has some leads there, but nobody firmed up who will join him to challenge the Electoral College map. And I want to point out, I put this on 
Twitter in my coverage of his work um, that Democrats are saying what he's doing is, quote unquote, subverting democracy. But Democrats themselves did the exact same thing in 2001, 2005 and 2017. They tried to decertify the Republican president in those years. And so, of course, when the shoe's on the other foot, uh, the Democrats say that this is a subversion of democracy when, in fact, they did the exact same thing themselves. And speaking of the exact same thing, over in Iowa, there is a congressional race that the Republican won by a just a narrowest hair. And she says that uh, she's the true winner and she's been certified as the winner. However, it appears that the Democrat is going to be challenging. Um, and her name is Rita Hart, the Democrat, and she plans to try to use a 1969 federal statute to challenge the results and get the House to flip it to her. So again, this is another case of Democrats who are doing the exact same thing. Uh, but Congressman Brooks said in the case of Iowa, he believes that if only legal votes are counted, the Republican will win, just as he believes the same is true for President Trump nationally with the White House. Thank you, Dr. Jaina. Take care. All right, Carrie, thank you so much. Now we want to go over to our headquarters in Denver to Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what do you have for us this evening? Well, Dr. Gina, there's a new Social Security proposal. Debates about Social Security are nothing new, but the latest proposal has benefits being paid out at a flat rate. The way Social Security works now is a retired worker is paid about $1,500 to $3,000 a month, uh, depending on what they earned, their age, and when they started to take that payout. This current system equates to those who earned more, received more, and vice versa. But the latest proposal is a plan where everyone who is eligible gets the same amount every month, no matter what their income was, age, etc. Experts are saying the proposed plan would give more money to those who live below the poverty line, and it would happen gradually. The idea is upper and middle uh, income Social Security recipients would slowly but surely see their payouts lessen, and after some decades, the leveling would eventually take place. Experts also say another benefit of the proposal would be giving a Social Security pay cut to current workers, which would equate to about $1,500 a year in savings for a household of about $70,000 annually. But the downsides are those who paid in for years will not get what they deserve or what they're owed, uh, creating a system of punishing those who put in more and rewarding those who didn't. But the biggest problem with Social Security in general is, and has been for a long time, is the reality that the system is looking to dry out somewhere from the year 2028 to 2032. So current workers find an issue with having to pay into a system that will not be around to benefit them. President Trump's plan is to cut payroll taxes for employees and take the money out of income taxes to place in a general fund. This plan is ideally a bipartisan plan, whereas Biden's plan is to raise payroll taxes, increase minimum social security payment accounts, and give certain social security recipients raises. This plan is much less bipartisan and is actually considered upping a regressive tax that hurts lower income earners in the long run. Of course, Dr. Gina, right now, this is just the latest proposal, but it is one on the table that is currently being discussed. Jessica, I don't think folks like you and me are ever going to see Social Security. It sounds to me like they just want to socialize it and uh, make it more of, a, well, you know, just socialized, another social, social program, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, and that's the problem with it is it is a socialized system, but in some way it kind of balances out because you kind of get in what you put, it, you get out of it what you put in. Uh, now I think they want to make it even more socialized where it's kind of, you put in, everybody puts in whatever they can, but you get paid out equally. And I know in the long run, that's not going to be popular. I mean, who wants a system like that? Um, when they can see that maybe other areas would benefit a lot more than um, giving people Social Security that didn't necessarily earn it. Well, if the left gets their way and uh, it's a Biden presidency with a, with a, you know, a, a Democrat House and a Democrat Senate, I'd say that uh, this will go right on through. This will roll through, roll through like a well-greased pig, won't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately. And the rest of us who paid into this all of our lives will never see any of it. Thank you so much for that report. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, now on to Heather Mullins live at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Freezing to death. <laughs> she looks so cold. That's the site, of course, of the infamous surveillance surveillance video full of suitcases that had ballots being pulled out in the dead of the night. Heather, what's the latest from Georgia? Well, you know, this is the site where that video surveillance was taken. And according to Gabriel Sterling, who is the voting systems operation manager for the Secretary of State's office, he said in a statement to the press that nothing to see here. Observers were never told to go home, that all of that counting was legal. But if you go and look my Twitter, I managed to find a tweet from ABC News here on election night that is actually reporting observers were told to go home at 1030. So there's a lot that's not adding up here in the state of Georgia. When I was at the Capitol earlier today, uh, the Georgia Sep Secretary of State gave a press conference that said they're going to still move to certify these election results. Now that's going to open up a five-day window for more lawsuits to be able to be filed. But then you had moments later, uh, state representative here, David Clark, he's a veteran from our military and he brought with him several other veterans. They, in a press conference, said, we are calling Governor Kemp and the Secretary of State to do the right thing. Call the special session, Governor Kemp. He said, we had have people that fought and died for this country. And if there's this much uncertainty surrounding the election, their deaths are essentially in vain if you don't do the right thing and call and prove that there's no fraud in this election. He also called for an uh, audit of the signatures, which would be for uh, Secretary of Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, to order. But, you know, you have these. These are the people that fought and died for our country that are standing there. And, and not only that, he was elected to his position as a, as a representative, calling on them to do the right thing. And I have to say, I agree with him. I hope they make the right decision and do what our veterans are asking for. Wow, Heather. Now, is ABC reporting any of these inconsistencies since it's their video that you found to back up uh, the inconsistency in what they were reporting and what and what they were saying in Georgia uh, versus, uh, you know, that there there was no one told to go home. But you found the ABC video that said, in fact, people were told to go home. Yeah, so I don't know what they're reporting as of right now. What they did report was that Regina Fuller, who is the Fulton County uh, public affairs manager for the elections department. She was the one that confirmed to them in this interview that at 10:30 p.m. observers were told to go home on election night. So, uh, uh, 
so much uncertainty, so many people. Actually, you had Governor Kemp releasing a statement yesterday saying that he didn't have the legal authority to order this special session. But you have state senators and state representatives, as well as noted attorneys, Lynn, uh, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, saying he does have that legal authority. So it's just, you, all I can do is report, even if nothing makes sense, uh, Dr. Gina. Hmm. Sounds like there's just a lot of monkey business going on there. All right, Heather, you go get warm. Thank you so much for that report. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we appreciate it, Heather. And, um, and you know, this is stuff that I heard over and over again uh, when I was reporting this weekend at the rally that happened with President Trump. And I heard over and over again from people that they were so frustrated, all of these inconsistencies, yet you have much of media saying there is no widespread inconsistency. There's no widespread voter fraud. There's nothing to see here. Move along. You have most of the alphabet soup legacy media not even reporting on this. And when they do, they're referring to it as a quote unquote conspiracy theory. I was in my hotel room with no access to any real media. And I had to watch some of that legacy media. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for me to do a, a little research on what they're actually reporting. For, in the period of 30 minutes that I had to watch it, um, as I was headed over to the White House Christmas party, I can tell you that um, they said, I stopped counting at 30 times they referred to any information about inconsistencies with voters, with, with what happened on election day, uh, with voting. Um, 30 times, I stopped counting in 30 minutes, I think it was over the 50 mark, where they referred to that as um, a conspiracy theory. I heard the word conspiracy theory over and over and over again. And that was actually on CNN. Uh, now that Rudy Giuliani has COVID, um, will that set back the Trump legal team efforts to stop the steal? Victoria Tonsing from the legal team will join us up next. That's from the president's own legal team. And we'll get the lowdown on that from her and also where they are right now in terms of fighting this whole thing and how much time they have left to get it all done. We'll give you an update here from the president's own legal team, like I said, on Dr. Gina Primetime right here on RAV TV. Back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, over the weekend, when news broke that Rudy Giuliani had tested positive for COVID, Trump supporters were concerned, both about Rudy's well-being, of course, but also about the Trump legal team and their efforts to stop the steal. Our partners at Just the News posted this story. Rudy Giuliani says he's recovering quickly after being diagnosed with COVID-19. And we all hope he can get back in the fight again soon. But time is, of course, of the essence, and many worry whether this will be a major setback for the legal team. So we decided to bring a member of the Trump legal team on, and one of my personal favorites, if I get to pick from the team, Victoria Tonsing joins us now. Victoria, tell us, do you have news of Rudy Giuliani's recovery, and has his COVID diagnosis affected the legal strategy to ensure that every legal vote was counted and every illegal vote is thrown out. 
Rudy is doing just fine. He is never to be defeated, as you well know, Gina. And he doesn't have a temperature. What more could you want? He's got the best of all worlds. He's got the, got it, he'll, so he'll be immune. And he doesn't have bad uh, symptoms. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. As someone who went through the whole COVID thing, I can tell you that's a, that's a huge blessing. And, and then you're right. And then he'll be armed with the antibodies. And uh, you feel, once you have those antibodies, you just feel like Iron Man walking through life. <laughs> so that's as, good. As tough as the president is right now, you know? Invincible. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe Rudy will look 20 years younger like the president did after COVID. It didn't work <laughs> for me, Victoria, but to just, it might work for Rudy. Um, but anyway, and so, so, so as the legal team is now looking at this, so much more has been uncovered. It seems almost, almost daily, if not you know, five to 10 times a day, I'm coming across compelling video, compelling uh, written, uh, you know, a testimony that people are, you know, coming forward and saying they've seen this, they heard this, they watched this. We're finding, you know, our own reporters are digging up ABC video. One of my reporters just told me she dug up of something that happened in in Georgia that nobody else had reported. And she just found it rewatching video that ABC ran on election night. So this kind of stuff is happening all the time. Give us your best bird's eye view as a member of the president's legal team of, of where we stand right now. Well, let me tell you what the overarching uh, misconduct is and illegality, mm -hmm. I should say. And that is that Republicans systemically were not pro provided any observation of the vote counting. They were prohibited from going in and viewing these mail-in ballots, which you know, I mean, they're just vulnerable to fraud, my goodness. And But but here we have the most fraught for fraud kind of ballot, and Republicans are kept out against all state laws. They were kept out in Detroit, Atlanta, uh, Milwaukee, Maricopa County, Philadelphia, and in all of these places, they were either kept behind a barrier, metal barrier. Rudy likes to say he thinks they ordered them from the same contractor all over the country. Or they were kicked out altogether. You remember the boarding up, the cardboard uh, boxes that were yes. being put over the windows in Detroit? Right. It's against state law. And they were like... 500,000 in Detroit, 680-some thousand in, in uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh and, and Philly combined. It's 700,000 in Maricopa County. How can this be that we say we now have an election where one political party gets to hire the counters and the other political party is kept out of the counting room? This, there's a, there's a, a, a saying, those who cast the votes decide nothing those who count the votes decide everything, and that is Joseph Stalin. He knew how to do it, and that's what the Democrats have been doing in this election. Victoria, Pennsylvania, you mentioned such an important state in this entire legal strategy, perhaps the most important. And uh, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito has ordered Pennsylvania officials to respond to a legal challenge today, and that lawsuit seeks to throw out all mail-in ballots. Do we know the status of that? There are two different uh, constitutional issues in Pennsylvania. One of them is that the state legislature, the Republican state legislature, for God's sake, violated its own state constitution when it even provided for mail-in 
uh, voting because the Pennsylvania uh, Constitution, like many states, says you can only vote absentee only under very restricted circumstances if you're really ill, if you're in the military, you have to work on, on election day. So by saying you can do get a, a ballot, a mail-in ballot for any reason whatsoever, they violated their own constitution. So that's one issue. The second one is the one you're talking about with Justice Olita. And here it is. The legislature, even though they were stupid enough to change the law to allow mail-in uh, ballots, did not change the time, 8 p.m. at night, that of election day, that if ballots had to be in by then or they couldn't be counted. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court violated the U.S. Constitution by changing the legislature's uh, provision of 8 p.m. and said, oh, it doesn't matter three days later, and if you can't read the postmark, that's not a problem. Um, that The U.S. Constitution says state legislatures, not state Supreme Courts or governors or secretaries of state, are in charge of a federal election. And so there's two constitutional violations, one a state and one a U.S. Uh, Constitution. And Alito... Uh, mandated the segregation of ballots on the three-day uh, provision that the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania had put into place. All right. Well, there's also Georgia, where we're hearing a lot about the lawsuit from the campaign lays out mass illegal voting and failure to match signatures. And uh, that one asked the state to entirely redo the election, as I understand it. What's the status of that? No, that was plan A. Plan B was to tell the electors that they cannot uh, say that anybody anybody won the election. Stop the electors from giving it to to Biden. And how can how can they with so many illegalities and with the with the the arena shut down? And those women, we've all seen the tapes going around pulling out ballots and counting without any Republicans being present. I don't, I don't care if they're the best employees in the world, as the Secretary of State likes to say. They were just tired. No, they counted ballots without Republicans there against state law. So there again in Georgia, how can they, how can the legislature say, well, this is a good, this was a good election. We're going to give it to Joe Biden. You can't. You have to say. So if it, we're going to, we're going to take it, charge. So if they refuse to certify, then then there would be another election held? Is that what would happen? No, no, no. They just would not provide the electors. And so Joe Biden, if a sufficient number of states do that, because we have a sufficient number of states where Biden won by the rigging of the ballots and keeping Republicans out, um, right. then he will not have 270. And you know what happens then? It goes to the we House to of the Representatives. Yes, right, under the, the Constitution. 12th Amendment. Right, right. And that's where we talked about that a lot on the show, this this 12th Amendment plan where basically each uh, state gets one one electorate, correct? One vote. Uh, to, yes, one vote, yes. Okay, we and keep then, hearing and about And then Donald these, Trump these, is reelected. Yes, exactly. All right, we keep hearing about these uh, deadlines, and today is referred to as uh, Safe Harbor Day. Can you explain what that is and why it is relevant or irrelevant? It's not relevant. The, the only relevant date is January 20th, the date that the new president is to be sworn in. And all kinds of other things can go on before that, and, and it looks like they will be. 
All right. Well, that is very, very interesting. Uh, so, so the the whole thing with Rudy, with the mayor, you don't believe that that has in any way set the team back. I just want to clarify that because I think that uh, Trump supporters in particular really want to know that and whether they'll admit it or not. Joe Biden uh, supporters probably really want to know the answer to that as well. No, but it's not going to set us back at all. We're still all working. I mean, we're just doing it in different places. But nothing keeps Rudy down. And as you can tell, he's tweeting out, I'm fine. I'm going to be great. And he's directing all kinds of things from wherever he is in an undisclosed location. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing uh, the mayor right back on the, you know, on, all over the place and with you and, and uh, fighting out there in public again. But we know he's fighting behind the scenes in the meantime. And we sure appreciate the work of you and your husband, of course, Joe DeGeneva, Joe De which for some reason I can never say on the first try. Uh, and we appreciate <laughs> you being with us tonight, Victoria. And good luck to all of you there on the legal team. Thank you so much. Good being with you, Gina. Absolutely. All right. And uh, so much more to come on the show. And I want to tell you, we will be staying in touch with this legal team. Before we started the Dr. Gina Primetime Show, we brought you an election special in this hour every single night. And that was to keep you updated from the president's own legal team. We'll be doing that right here on Dr. Gina Primetime as well. So don't feel like you're ever going to be out of touch with the president's legal team. We are going to stay on the very cutting edge of all of that. And there's more Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Stay with us. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We start this segment off with a fake news alert. The Secretary of State down in Georgia says there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud, and he repeated that debunked statement on ABC's Sunday morning show. Watch this. We've never found systemic fraud, not enough to overturn the election. We have over 250 cases right now. We reached out to the governor and asked for additional manpower resources with GBI. It gives us additional reach so we can finish up these investigations quickly. But right now, we don't see anything that would overturn, you know, the will of the people here in Georgia. And here from Georgia, our guy on the ground doing 12 cities in 12 days, John Fredericks. John isn't there a video of ballots and suitcases being pulled out and counted in the dead of the night? How can he say this? First of all, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on Dr. Gina Primetime. Soon you're going to have the number one show, Gina, in America in primetime. So I'm uh, flattered and honored to be a part of it, especially here at the beginning. But I got to tell you, Brad Raffensperger is a lying weasel. I don't know how else to put it. There are so many cases of fraud. They're coming in by the minute. They have hundreds of affidavits. They have deceased people that voted. They have people that voted that uh, were not registered. They had people that were, that were uh, voted that were under 18. They have people that voted that lived in other states. I mean, it's about 150,000 voters that the um, 
investigators have uncovered with our affidavits that shouldn't be legal votes in Georgia. Now, if you go to this videotape, Dr. Gina, I don't care, just because Brad Raffensperger says it isn't so on fake news TV, he can say that all he wants. You saw the picture. People in the dark, shutting the windows, closing the curtains, putting up plywood, throwing everybody out at 1030. Then they go and they get under lock and key three, uh, I'm sorry, four suitcases of stuffed, uh, stuffed with ballots, feed them in the machine where they threw everybody out in the dark with no one there, and then one person feeds in batches three times. So they're just refeeding in Biden ballots. And you're going to tell me there's nothing to see here? You have got to be kidding me. Brad Raffensperger said a standard operating procedure. If that's standard oper operating procedure, we live in the old Soviet uh, Union where Joseph Stalin said it doesn't matter who votes, it only matters who counts the votes. I mean, th th we're not stupid. I don't care what this guy says. This is completely fraudulent. And right now, as we speak, I've got breaking news, uh, if you've got an opportunity for that. Yes, I was, I was going to let you get to that. Go ahead. What, what is your breaking news, John? Okay, so what's, what's happening today is there were four rogue senators who started a petition calling for a special session around the governor. They checked the law, and they found out that they can call a special session without the governor's consent. They need 29 state senator signatures out of 34 Republicans. They have a margin of five Republicans. Forget the Democrats. They need 91 House uh, representatives out of 108 Republicans. So they got a 17 margin there. If they get those signatures on the petition, they will convene a special session in the next several days that will deal with three things. Number one, not certifying the Biden electors because of the fraud they've uncovered. Number two, nullifying the illegal consent decree that was signed by Brad Raffensperger and um, Stacey Abrams and the Democratic Party of Virginia that never went to the General Assembly, which is unconstitutional and illegal. They get that out, and then the January 5th election, they have to get signatures on these mail-in ballots. The signatures have to match the, what they have on file before they're open. Right now, they don't have to do that. The other thing they're trying to get rid of is these drop boxes that Brad Raffensperger just, just added another 20 drop boxes. And as you saw in our reporting in uh, georgiastarnews.com, we've done a bunch of FOIA requests. There's no chain of custody. Oh, they're trying to get rid of that. Here's the other thing that happened today. They want to move the... Kemp is saying, oh, there isn't enough time. They're saying, well, you have the power under the COVID emergency to move the election to February 1st. You've already moved elections. You moved two primers. You have the power to do it. Now, here's what happened today. Burt Jones, one of the gang of four senators from McDonough, Georgia, uh, the, one of the first people to endorse the president, is one of the leaders of the petition. He's trying to get 29 signatures. They're in a meeting now in Athens, a retreat where I am. President Trump retweeted Burt Jones' request for people to call their state senators in Georgia, call their representatives, and demand they sign this petition or tell them why they're not going to do it and why they're quizzling. Second thing just happened. 
The president just got off the phone with uh, the Speaker of the House, David Ralston, from Blue Ridge, who has been uh, who has rejected a special session, and Speaker Pro Tem, powerful Speaker Pro Tem, Jan Jones from Milton. She has rejected a special session. The president had a 15-minute conversation with them, imploring them to go forward so that we can get to the bottom of this. We understand now that uh, they might change and encourage their caucus to, in, to back the special session around the governor without his consent, which is going to be limited to just the electors and the election coming up on January 5th and the consent decree. The other thing that's happened is this is being carried by a representative in Dalton by the name of Jason Ridley. He just, I just got off the phone with him before we got on. Ridley told me that uh, he was confident that they had a great shot at getting 91 signatures now that the president talked to Ralston and to Jan Jones. If they get 91 signatures in the, in the next day and the Senate gets 29, then you're going to have a special session in Georgia. If you have that, Gina, everything, Dr. Gina, everything is going to fall like a house of cards, and it's going to be the start. They'll have one in Michigan. They'll have one in Pennsylvania. They'll have one in Arizona. You're not going okay, to be wait, able to so, stop so, it if they break the dam. So, so what makes you say that, though? If, if, that, if it happens, I understand the, the steps to making that happen in Georgia, but what makes you say, then, that if it happens in Georgia, it'll happen every place else? Because every place else has the same issues, Dr. Gina. I know they have Michigan the same issues, has the but same they, don't, issues. they don't have... They, I understand they have the same issues, but they don't have the same legislative makeup. They don't have the same... You know, they don't have the same... Uh, some of the same hoops... Uh, to jump through, so it's a little bit different, isn't it? Or, or you think that sure. you think it's, that basically I mean, not, the it's, look, yes, it's not fait complete, but the next one that's going to fall is Pennsylvania. They have a Republican majority. The majority, the 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 leadership in Pennsylvania, is very uncomfortable with certifying these votes. They've gone on the record and said that they've already had a hearing. So you mm -hmm. just need one state to fall. You need one state where the General Assembly made up of a majority of Republicans, have the courage to go into special session, deny their certification, and change the, uh, uh, change the, the illegal voting gone forward. Pennsylvania's got the same issue. Those, those ballots that got mailed out were illegal. It never went through the General Assembly. It defies their constitution. One state has to step up, have the moxie to do it, and then I think, as I said, the thing falls like a house of cards. But our question is, to those Republicans in Georgia that are not voting for a special session, that will not sign the petition, you need to look Trump voters in the eye, 75 million of them, or 73, whatever the number is, you got to look them in the eye, and you have to tell them why you will not convene a special session to investigate the hundreds of allegations in sworn affidavits of rampant fraud. Tell them why. I don't think they can do that because there's no reason other than they're protecting the status quo. Right. So so if they get the uh, drop boxes moved, uh, you know, stopped because of the lack of chain of custody, as we've discussed, um, will that be in time then for those U.S. Senate races? Well, sure. 
I mean, they have the power. Because I mean, because everything is right about now. the timeline. Yeah. Sure. I mean, they have the if they get it in the next several days, they have the power to change it. But the other thing that they're asking is for Brian Kemp, who's whining. He's a whiner. He's whining that oh my God, there isn't enough time. Uh, we can't do this in the in the middle of the election. There isn't enough time. So they took that off the table and said, I tell you what, why don't you move the election to February 1st under your COVID emergency powers? Obviously, you have the power to move elections because you moved a series of primaries in the spring. So you have that power. You've done it before. Why not be sure? Why not be certain? Move it again. Let's be sure we get this right. But even if he doesn't do that, they can still, if they if they reject and nullify the illegal consent decree that was signed by Raffensperger without the General Assembly, Stacey Abrams and the Democratic Party, if they nullify that, then every single mail-in ballot, Dr. Gina, that comes in has to be, the signatures has to have to be matched with what they have in the general voting system before they can even get opened. And if they don't match, they're thrown out. If they do that, these two Republican senators are going to win because the only yeah. way the Democrats win is by cheating again. So but the, the, here's one question I had, you know, watching the rally uh, this weekend and I was there on the ground. Um, I didn't understand why, you know, the governor wouldn't have been there. Do you know the answer to that? Is it because he wasn't invited? Is it because he just didn't show up? I just thought it was an interesting question. You know, you would think that he would have been there. Sad. Um, a staff member of Kelly Loffer's team, a 20-year-old young fellow, was um, killed in a horrible, fiery crash. Uh, he was yes, dating the, president mentioned that. the daughter of the governor. They were mourning that, so that was, that was his reason. I, I can't read into the man's heart, so uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But the biggest story on that rally in Valdosta that we were at was the rally was supposed to be about David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. The, the president spoke for an hour and a half. Loeffler and Perdue spoke for a total of 90 seconds. When Perdue was introduced and was coming to the stage, Dr. Gina, and you were there, the biggest story to me is he was immediately met with heckles and a chant of fight for Trump fight for Trump, fight for Trump, mm -hmm. that by, he, by the time he got to the microphone, it was deafening and he couldn't speak. He couldn't even yeah. say, uh, I love the president. That's all he said, he handed back the mic. I mean, they don't get it, Dr. Gina. These consultants in Washington that continue to lose elections who are out of touch, that don't understand that movement, don't understand the deplorables, don't understand the Trump voters, are telling them what to do, they're complete morons, they're going to get beat again if they keep doing this. David Perdue doesn't get it. Kelly Loeffler doesn't get it. Mitch McConnell doesn't get it. These voters right. in Georgia are pissed. They want action right now if you're going to get them back out on January 5th or February 1st. Right. And I got to tell you, John, <laughs> there were a lot of people there that weren't from Georgia, too. There were people from all over the country there. I saw people that came from eight hours away, actually. It was amazing. So, uh, and I myself came from five and a half hours away. So there were a lot of people I mean, the there from energy all over the country. There, but yes, the energy there post-election yes. was, uh, it was uh, 25,000 people. I mean, it was incredible. Amazing. Amazing. And, and with right the lines the out in the street of people that couldn't get in. Yeah, exactly. 
John Fredericks, we always appreciate you being there. We appreciate that breaking news that is very fascinating, all of this legislative procedural stuff that people don't know. I'm telling you, if you look hard enough, there's stuff you can find in the law. I know my husband did it all the time when he was in the Senate in Missouri. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gina. All right, coming up, is Hollywood waking up? After Matthew McConaughey criticized Hollywood liberals for the way they've been treating conservatives, we're going to bring that to you. Coming up, more Dr. Gina Primetime right after this. Stick around. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. Dr. Gina, prime time. And you know, there might be a few people in Hollywood who might just be waking up to the terrible way that the left coast elite have been treating folks in flyover country. Check out this clip from Russell Brand's podcast where he and actor Matthew McConaughey said that liberals have been way too hard on conservatives. Get this. Do you feel that there is a way of meshing together these apparently disparate groups now, these liberal professional classes and these uh, what you might describe as working ordinary people of any color of variety. There is a lot on that illiberal left that absolutely condescend, patronize, and are arrogant towards that other 50%. Many people were in, I'm sure you saw it, in our industry when Trump was voted in four years ago. They were in denial that it was actually, that it was real. This, and some of them went, were in absolute denial. I, and even even now, we're going to see how we if we can stabilize coming out of looks like Biden's our guy. Um, well, now you've got <laughs> now you've got the right that's in denial because that's saying it's fake news. And I understand they've been fed fake news. No one knows who the hell to believe. Right. So they're putting down their last bastion of defense. Here with me now, someone who did her time in Hollywood and then miraculously escaped, Granny, Grammy-winning vocalist Kaya Jones, and also the author of They're Not Listening, Ryan Gerdusky. I'm so glad to have both of you. We both, we all go back a long ways in all of this. You saw the clip. Kaya, do you think there's a chance Hollywood's waking up? Were you surprised of what Matthew uh, McConaughey had to say there? Um, I'm not because there's so many people in Hollywood that I think uh, they support their president, you know what I mean, wholeheartedly. And unfortunately, we're in an industry that's not very uh, pro-country, pro-God, any of those things. And so they have to kind of play the line in the game. Uh, so I think that, that was pretty big for him to, to be a little bit more honest with what's been going on for people that do support the president at this time. Ryan, are we going to hear apologies from Hollywood leftists, or are they just going to sweep this all under the rug? I highly doubt it. I don't imagine they're about to give Roseanne Barr a new television contract uh, anytime soon, or any conservative for that matter, really. Uh, it's very hard if you have a platform, as much as you create it yourself, uh, and are apolitical. I mean, there's clearly conservatives in Hollywood. Some, of them, some, people, some are more obvious than others. Uh, but they have to toe the line and kind of keep everything uh, below the surface if they want to continue to work or, and be an A-list star. Either they have to be apolitical or a leftist. 
with very few exceptions, I will say. Um, I've disclosed on this show many times that when I lived out there, I was a member of an underground organization where we helped each other out. Um, there were producers and actors and directors and, and uh, songwriters and performers of all sorts, and, uh, and we helped each other out in the arena, um, and we did it all undercover, and we knew there was a code of silence. You didn't tell anybody who was in the group. Now, there were some obvious folks in the group. Gary Sinise is one of them. John Voight is another one. Those people don't mind because they're out of the closet closet, right, as conservatives, because they're, in a way, bigger than, uh, th than the Hollywood. Some people just are that big. Is Matthew McConaughey that big, Ryan? Can he get away with saying something like this, or will Hollywood try to crush him now? I mean, he's an Academy Award-winning actor. He's pretty big. I mean, he is an A-lister for sure. I, I don't know if he's that big that he won't try to be crushed, and I don't think that he says anything overtly political. It's not like he endorsed Trump and campaigned for him. Um, but I don't imagine you're going to see actors like Chris Pratt, who have a very, fairly conservative worldview, coming out and doing the same thing. I don't know if there's a march of people who are conservative kind of saying what Matt McConaughey said. All right, guys, out in Los Angeles, I'm sure you saw this. The business owner who went viral, she showed a video of a movie production being set up right next to her restaurant that was closed down because of COVID regulations. This is ridiculous. Watch this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face, that's safe. This is safe 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. Kaya, the Hollywood elite don't have to worry about their movie production businesses, but small business owners are sitting at home trying to find a way to pay the rent. Did they not realize when they set up that set right there next to that business that was shut down that uh, it might be a problem? I, I wholeheartedly believe, uh, just even watching that, it really got to me because I can feel her heart. You can hear and feel her heart. To think that you and me, Gina, are essential workers because we're in entertainment is disgusting. When you think about right. isn't every mother and father that needs to provide for their family essential? What makes us better? Because we're a public figure or on television or in music or film. That's what's deemed essential. By the way, essential workers was also used in Schindler's List. So for me, I feel like we have a massive heart problem in this country. Newsom really needs like some prayer. Honestly, this is wrong. And just hearing that young woman speaking about, you know, she put everything into this place. It's a slap in the face. And I think it was done purposefully to kind of set a tone. So I think she should fight it every step of the way. And she's in my prayers. Ryan, your book about the liberal elite is called They're Not Listening, and uh, they're still not listening to people like this poor woman, it seems like. What will it take to change that? I honestly think it would take their own voters to sit there and, and, and oppose them. I mean, states like California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Massachusetts, these are states that are one-party states, and uh, there's no really conservative uh, voice that's going to sit there and change that. It's going to have to take the efforts of 
Democrats, honestly, to sit there and wake up and, and do something for their own people. I mean, they claim to be the party of the working, well, they used to be claim to be the party of the working class. They don't do that anymore either. But um, they want to they wanna hold the mantle that they support women. They want to support minorities. Probably a lot of these employees are minorities. Um, and they're out of work right now, and they're hurting. They're hurting really, really, really bad. Um, and unless their own side comes up and sits there and opposes them, I don't know what else is going to take. Guys, we're almost out of time in the show, but uh, we got to have a little bit of fun. It's time for our meme of the day. Okay, Ryan, I'm not going to lie. I thought of you when I saw this one. Is this the face you make when you go to work and the sensitivity training is about what you did yesterday? When I saw this meme, I honestly, I, I think I've had this conversation with both of you, and I think that uh, we've all been in a situation just like this, uh, Kaya. But uh, I just, I wanted to share this with you and get your thoughts, Kaya. Oh my gosh, it looks like my Coco. Mine and Derek's Coco, yeah. she's actually blind in one eye, and she has like a few teeth missing. But me and Tommy Laird have talked about this. Like, we love dogs that have like, something off a little bit because they're even more beautiful. I love that photo. That's a great photo. So good. And Ryan, uh, you know, they've taken it too far when you've got a meme like that. I'm so sorry we're out of time and I can't even let you comment on it. But you can comment on social media and everyone should be following you on social media anyway, both of you. Thank you so much for being with us and thank you for being with us. Join us next time. Dr. Gina Prime time.